Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. And uh, without any big speeches today, I want to move straight to my first guest, Julian Rankin, who's the executive director of the Walter Anderson Museum of Art. is someone who is a good friend and someone I just enjoy spending time with. How you doing, Julian? I'm doing well. It's good to be back. It's good. Look, uh, you're a recent One Coast winner. Um, I have a lot of One Coast uh, winner folks that are going to be on the show. I acknowledge that, um, but you're on the show today not just because of that. Just You're on the show today because I want to get an update on what you're thinking these days. You're just a good thinker. But before we get into your, your world, I want, to sh- I want to show our Facebook and YouTube audience a picture and um, and Kyle's going to pull it up now, but uh, I'll tell you, tell for the radio audience, I'll tell you what you're taking a look at. And it's Julian as just a young boy with an Atlanta Braves hat on. And, um, you know, where you were raised, Julian, had a big impact on you as an Atlanta Braves fan. But you got to be thrilled during the World Series now. Oh, definitely. And that's so funny that you captured that. That was you know taken by my photographer father back in 1989. And uh, was born in Atlanta and then moved to Mississippi as a one-year-old child and always had that Atlanta Braves hat. And we still got it. And our, our one-year-old wears it today. So, yeah, I mean, I remember Sid Bream and all those good old days and all the pictures we had. And it's wonderful to, to be able to see them back. And let's just hope they pull it off, get it done. So, I mean, it, it got in your blood as a young young guy, man. I mean, you young you, where you lived, you could almost literally hear the fans screaming, couldn't you? Oh, yeah, the old Fulton County Stadium. And, you know, I, I had a charmed upbringing everywhere I've lived, but Atlanta was a beautiful place to grow up. And um, and, and the thing about the Braves, it's kind of like the Saints. I mean, if you are if you live in a certain part of the South, we don't have as many professional teams. So I think the, you know, the blood of, of fandom is really thick uh, for the teams that we do follow. And the Braves and the Saints, both those occupy, uh, you know, those kind of uh, spaces for me. And Again, it's been we've we've seen success, but I really want to see them close the deal. Yeah, I know you do. Got a lot of family members who are big Braves fans, and a lot of friends who are big Braves fans. So it's uh, it's fun to see them in 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 the World Series. That that is for sure. Um, so Julian, I've had uh, I've had Robert St. John on recently. Robert St. John, the entrepreneur, restaurant tour. You know, he's got his his uh, PBS shows and. He's just a worldly guy, does his tours to Italy and brings Italians back to Mississippi to show them all the great places. But, you know, if you want to find, if you want to get something done, you and I have talked about this before, you need to find a busy person to do it. And you would think the last person on earth that would have time to do a definitive book on Walter Anderson would be someone like Robert St. John. But he did. And, you know, he tells me the book is amazing. In fact, uh, uh, hey, I think he had hoped to get copies. Of, he, he's got his copy. He's got a small number of copies, but the the, the big cop, number of copies won't get here for probably mid-November because they're on a ship with a lot of other goods sitting off the port of California right now. But he really bragged on you, uh, incidentally. And, I'm, of course, I'm not surprised that you uh, and, and WAMA, the Walter Anderson Museum of Art, had opened up the vault there 
and have been extremely supportive with time and resources. But, you know, you know, you've seen a copy of it. What do you think? Oh, it's wonderful. And the, the kind of full story behind that, as you say, Robert St. John has empowered this new book on Walter Anderson and his collaborators, a, a man named Anthony Faxton, who grew up here in, on the Mississippi Gulf Coast and um, is a filmmaker and producer and graphic designer and works with with Robert and his team on a lot of these MPB shows. And so it's a comprehensive you know, 21st century look at Walter Anderson's life and art. And so there's a big book like you're talking about. There's also a documentary film. And so just last week, we actually screened the uh, the film for the family of Walter Anderson, the extended family here at the museum. And Anthony Faxton, who, again, is collaborating with Robert, was unveiling it for the first time to an audience that was not himself. And um, wonderful, wonderful film that talks to people from the museum to the art world and takes you through the whole history, not just of Anderson's life, but how the museum came to be and all the things that happened in between the Smithsonian show in 2003, those kind of things. And that's going to be on MPB starting November 4th. I think it runs four or five times that first week. So folks who, you know, we, we all think we know our heroes and our legends like Walter Anderson, but for folks who, you know, want to reacquaint themselves, there's so much new art, um, not new, of course, in the sense that it was made yesterday, but new that we um, we haven't really even seen in person a lot of the art that is in the film and the book. We did open our vault and give access to everything we had, but the family also did the same. And so there's stuff in there that folks who have followed Anderson for the entirety of their lives will be seen for the first time. And it's really, really cool. That's why I'm assuming you're in the documentary. I'm in there, you know, several of our staff members are, in addition to the family who sat down for hours of interviews. So it's almost like a, def a definitive oral history, too, of the four Anderson siblings, you know, the sons and daughters of Walter Anderson. And there's there's humorous parts. There's a lot of truth in it. And it's a really good look back. Um, there's so many cool films that have been made, especially the, the 1970s, which I don't think we've talked about on here, but they're there was that film, uh, you know, The Islander, which starred James Best, who was from the Dukes of Hazard. You know, he was an actor who <laughs> famously was on that show. And that ran in the museum for decades. And it was very charming and quaint and interesting. But it was, of course, made in the 70s. And so there, there needed to be a more contemporary look at, at Anderson's life. And that's what this documentary is. And we're really proud to be a part of it. Is it something that once it uh, once it's you know done its its uh, run that will be played at the museum on a regular basis? It is. You know, segments of that film and even things that aren't in the film will encompass a new introductory space in the museum that we're working on. So, you know, that'll that'll be part of the visitor experience for years to come. And like I said, it's really a, a threefold project. You know, they, they came out with a book, they came out with a documentary, and then they've really accumulated this archival body of, of research that are, is going to benefit our visitors and then scholars in the future, too. It sounds like uh, Robert and his uh, collaborator were just a great team. Oh, yeah. I mean, like you said, you know, Robert St. John is always has a million things going and accomplishing everything from, you know, cooking a dish to opening a new restaurant to doing what he's doing in Jackson, Mississippi, which includes a bowling alley and a theater. And he's, you know, he's developing community wherever he goes. But he also has a connection personally to Walter Anderson. Um, and then as well as his collaborator, Anthony Faxton, is similarly multi-talented. And so I'm really impressed with the bandwidth of both those individuals and their team to pull this off. It really is um, an immense amount of, of work and it's going to really be delightful and thrilling for, for people to see. That's, um, that's kind of Robert's personality, uh, total immersion. 
if you think about uh, a great chef, great chefs completely immerse themselves in their food as they investigate. Like, for example, to do his new restaurant, his new Tex-Mex restaurant. I don't know if you followed him while he did the work to launch that. Not only was he wrapped up in the design of it, but they traveled the U.S. eating at Tex-Mex restaurants. I don't know how many meals he ate over the course of months to investigate what did he want his menu to be. And so, I mean, it's like beyond immersion what he does. It, you know, when he talks about the Tuscany region of Italy, um, it's he does it so passionately. I mean, total immersion. And he said, you know, that that region of Italy is very much like, like Mississippi. You know, the people are very similar. You know, different language, but very similar in that way. Or when he went over to to Europe with his family and went on the tour and for six months, you know, bought, a, I think, a Volvo station wagon when he landed. And that's what they drove. I don't know how many thousands of miles. And, uh, you know, I named places in Croatia that he had been to with his family. You know, th th that's the kind of guy you want being involved in a project like Walter Anderson, because there's so much nuance around this guy way beyond just being an artist. And you and I have talked about that before, but he's, he's really a renaissance man in so many different ways, isn't he? Yeah, well, artists, you know, we we uh, we all suffer for our craft. And I guess it's good to be a, a chef because then your suffering is at least delicious food everywhere you go. But <laughs> but but even that, I'm sure, was, you know, um uh, not always as, as uh, romanticized as we might think, but I think that's actually a good thing to keep in mind about process. You know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Certainly if you're researching for a restaurant or writing a book or working on documentary film, but also if you're trying to do anything in a community, if you're developing, you know, something, a mixed use development in a town, or you're trying to start a new business or run a political campaign to change the way, um, you know, government is run. You know, this all takes time. And the things that we see at the end of the line, the product, the thing that comes to the, the, the table on a beautiful plate or the thing that airs on MPB and it looks all shiny and new um, or the things that are in a museum, you know, those are the, the results of a lot of hard work and dedication. And that's one of those three lines that we talk about that comes out of art making and the artistic process that's much more than, you know, just being talented at seeing an image or drawing something on a page. It's more of an ethos and a mentality that cuts across all these different sectors of life and work. And it's a good example um, with Robert and Anthony and also with all the other people who are doing wonderful things. We, we don't we can't overstate um, the amount of work it takes to accomplish anything good and the patience it takes. Yeah, boy, and as usual, the way you said that, the way you said that, there's an ethos to it all. And there's a passion and a dogged determination and a willingness to sort through the clutter of it all because, boy, during in the process, can you only imagine, can you only imagine how much data they could collect on Walter Anderson and to have to go through the process of figuring out what's going to make it into the book, what's going to make it into the documentary, what's going to make it into the, these other these other you know parts of the other dimensions of telling the story as it relates to that. We'll talk more about that when we come back on the other side, but this is Julian Rankin, the executive director of the Walter Anderson Museum of Art. We'll see you after this break. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Koshi. I never know where the conversation is going to go when I talk to Julian Rankin, and I love just letting it go where it's, where it's going to go. But what's interesting about what we were talking about before we went to the break was this whole notion of immersion. You know, this 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 whole notion of you know just giving everything you got, working your fingers to the bone, burning the midnight oil really dedicating yourself to a process that enables you to be successful on the other end. You know, the, all of what he said about that ethos, that whole notion of, of what it takes to be successful applies whether you're working for a nonprofit, whether you're working in your private life, whether no matter what you're doing. Just, but you got to be first willing to do it, don't you, uh, Julian? Yeah, it really is true. And I, th I think what people get caught up on maybe younger people who haven't experienced the way the world works, which is, as you say, that the result of anything good comes from labor and attention to detail and determination, um, is, is that, you know, that they don't understand that. And when, when I go out and, you know, we have programs that are off-site, you know, a great example, we have a project in Pascagoula, Mississippi called the Pascagoula Public Art Enterprise. And the whole purpose of it is to put public sculptures, steel sculptures, in downtown Pascagoula and in concert with their economic development and redevelopment plans. And students at their CCTI campus, their college and career technical institute, are fabricating these and helping design them and all this. So while there will be a, a product at the end that's a permanent sculpture downtown, the process, which is the education, is even more important or certainly equally important as what comes after. And it's really cool. You know, the other day we were, you know, we were just talking here about labor and accomplishing giant things. We had our artists, two sculptors who were working with us to collaborate with the students, take a trip over to Ingalls Shipbuilding. And so Ingalls was, was gracious enough to let us come over. And the reason for our trip was to source, identify, so that we can use some of their scrap steel to help repurpose that into some some long-term you know permanent sculptures which is such a cool idea that you know they generate all of this material that you know gets recycled and put back into you know into other projects and this way we can kind of step in before that recycling process happens and actually literally take some of the the steel that they're off offloading after building these giant ships and turn it into public art and as we walked and and drove around that facility, which of course anyone who's ever been there knows it's a city unto itself and, you know, a really closed kind of uh, necessarily so world where there's a, as the guy was telling me, there's a police department and a hospital There's also their own Chick-fil-A, you know, they've got everything going so that they can work uh, every hour of the day, you know, 24 hours a day to build what looks like to me, you know, the Titanic, you know, that might as well be what it is. And to know that they're building that, the biggest ship that they build in about three years time is really impossible to fathom when you see what the, the bits and pieces that actually come together to make that what it what it is and what it will be, you know, a, a key player in national security and, but you know, the global exploration and fight and all of this that is really what America is about. So anyway, to, to see that these pieces of steel that are coming off the line as these talented welders and fabricators are building ships are then going to be put in the hands of students who are charting their own adventures and trying to figure out what they're going to do in life and learning how to weld. That's just a remarkable story. And it's actually in the material itself. You know, what the design ends up being is one thing, but just the mere fact that we're able to take that as part of the process. And it's not an easy process. And that's not the part that gets, you know, publicized or the part that you see at the end of the day, but it's very core and integral to, to what it's about. And without that, process-based work, 
you know, the end result doesn't have that saturation of meaning, you know, that immersion in place that um, that it might otherwise have. And it, and it ends up being art that taught, art with a soul. And when I say art with a soul, it means that the process involved people so they sort of understood how all these interconnected pieces come together, whether it's the young people involved in the project or Ingalls on the other side and all dots in between. One of the one of the things I enjoy about talking to Paige Roberts, the executive director from Jackson County Chamber, who you know well, but it, because she she understands so well that it takes a lot of players in a community to make it tick. I mean, it it just does. And one of our keys to success going forward, which I talk about on the show all the time, is this notion of building places where people want to live. And when you have you just don't stick a piece of art up there that's meaningless. When you have, you know, community engagement around it, a process that leads to something that then means something, that's 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 what makes the communities a great place to live, work, and play. And when people think about the Walter Anderson Museum and Julian Rankin in particular, they may not realize that this outreach, this community building aspect to what you do is a big part of what the museum is all about. It's not just the physical facility, the meaning of Walter Anderson and the other artists that you're able to come in contact with, but it's it's this ability to bring process to other organizations that do community building. And that's kind of what makes you tick, isn't it? I think it's what makes this museum so unique and positioned to do so much of this work because Walter Anderson, he had a home, he had a home base at Shearwater Pottery where he was, he and his family were creating work, but then he would go out to the islands and live and, you know, commune with nature and come back with other genius and visionary products and paintings and so forth. And so for us to think about what you're saying, it, it makes total sense that we would expand that idea into the contemporary landscape, which does not just include the wilderness, and we do things on Horn Island, certainly, but also in cities and the urban landscape like Pascagoula. And again, this idea that everything works together in this ecology um, and network, you know, with Paige Roberts in the Jackson County Chamber, they're one of our advisory partners uh, on this Pascagoula Public Art Enterprise project, certainly the school district. And then you've got funders, Mississippi Power and Mark Everson and Eminem Bank and Mako McCarty Foundation and Main Street Pascagoula, you know, we're, we're actually occupying a, a storefront downtown as a design studio where we meet and, and really model revitalization by injecting energy into a, a, a once vacant storefront. So, you know, and even the ideas for the sculptures are coming from the community. So when the students go out and they talk to people and they hear what Pascagoula means to them or what the Gulf Coast means to them, that's the source material, and that's for the source material that we all have, which is looking around us and seeing what does a community need? How do we balance the history with where we're going? And that's what we're doing at the museum. You know, we're balancing the legacy of Walter Anderson, preserving these objects that hopefully will be here forever and, and harken back to the mid-20th century when he worked, but at the same time engaging contemporary people, communities, artists to make new things that are surprising and high-tech and STEM-based. And so that's a, a thing that not all museums, certainly not all art museums can do. I love it, Julian. And what's beautiful about it is it, it, it results in something important, but you're also planting seeds in the young people who are engaged in it that might not really grow for 10 or 15, 20 years down the road. We don't know where the accumulation of all this kind of thinking emanates. You know, you mentioned you mentioned Horn Island. Recently on a trip to Horn Island to just do some wade fishing, I was doing some walking some of the backwaters of Horn Island. And, you know, there were 
you know, ospreys flying and you know, white egrets and ducks flying by and, you know, within 20 feet of us, you know, a 10-foot alligator. But the fishing was good. And I, I stopped for a second. I looked around. I thought, literally, and I'm, I'm not joking. Where else in the world can you see this setting? And when you can take that setting through Walter Anderson's art and others, take that setting and combine it with sort of the industrialization of Jackson County and bring meaning to all of that and plant seeds in the process, I'm not overstating how special this place is when, when we focus on things like that. It's very special, isn't it? Yeah, and it continues all, all the way down the coast, east and west. If you look at the different types of communities, different types of landscapes we have, I mean, some of these, you know, federally operated, you know, national reserves where, you know, they're doing the controlled burns to bring back longleaf pine savanna or, you know, the marine education that happens. Certainly you think about Stennis and then you've got Ingalls and Horn Island, all these things in such close proximity. And then, of course, the the communities, whether it's Bay St. Louis, Ocean Springs, Pass Christian, Biloxi, Pascagoula, everyone has their own Long Beach unique identity. And so we are in this space, and I know you're a big proponent of this regional, certainly, approach uh, to, to marketing, but also just to existing, is we all have to understand that our proximity is our greatest strength. And the richness, just like Faulkner talked about a postage stamp, you know, that that's where you come from. There's a story, every story, perhaps, that's told in that single postage stamp. That's what Walter Anderson did. He focused on a specific place. And it just so happened that this is one of the most ecologically and industrially diverse places that the country has. And it's just a really cool thing to be able to see those connections. Everyone can see them. Not everyone sees them all the time. But I think it's our job as community leaders to illuminate where there, there are connections that can be made that can make the place stronger. And, you know, Julian, you're a gifted communicator. You really are. You know, I, I, I say that. I've been around some gifted communicators. I've been around Pulitzer Prize winners, and uh, you're very gifted. And 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 what I think what it does is when people connect to your words and what you're saying, the goal of what you're saying is that when we are born and raised here, we we we, we, we see this sort of at the center of the universe, and we forget, we take for granted all these incredible things that we have. And, and as we grow older, we get wiser and we say, whoa, 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 stop for a minute. I'm going to go to Walter Anderson Museum to try to understand more about what it is Julian is trying to say so that we don't lose sight of how special our place is. And this is the place we want other people to loot it. Anyway, I wish we had more time together, Julian, but you're, you're a special dude. I really enjoy our time together and uh, we should have you back more often. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You, you bet. Julian Rankin from the Walter Anderson Museum of Art. And uh, we'll see you after this. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.